This is an exclusive presentation from Federated Media, Unholstered. Yes, it is time for Unholstered. We are back. My name is Kayla Blakesley, and I'm just one of your hosts here on Unholstered. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia rosales Katina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Welcome back to Unholstered. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Hopefully your, your weekend is off to a great start and a warmer start uh, than the week earlier. Sophia, for folks who don't know it, January is actually stocking awareness month. And I'll be honest, Sophia, I didn't know that until you told me. Um, But that plays right into what we're discussing today and why we decided to have this particular topic of conversation today is because January is stocking awareness month. Today is all about the victims assistance program within the Fort Wayne Police Department. I will also be honest about this. I had no idea that we had this program uh, here in Fort Wayne within the police department. And so, Sophia, I am so excited to learn about this uh, here on the show. I mean, let's just start really easy. First and foremost, what is it? Basically, what it is, is it's a a unit of people. uh, They're civilian operators, and they are basically part of our department. So they're part of the Fort Wayne PD structure. And they're a unit that operates, and they go out on homicide calls. They go out on some suicide calls, um, sexual assault, domestic. They follow up with domestic cases. They walk victims through protective orders and through the judicial system to ensure that they are just taken care of through the process because it can be overwhelming if you're not used to the system and a lot of people don't even know the system so while we afford a, a public defender to the suspect we don't afford anyone to the victim to make sure that they're right that messed up yes it does so this is what this unit tries to do. And today I brought in the director of the unit, a new director to the unit. She's here. She's been here a few months, um, but I will let her introduce herself now. Hi, I'm Christy Lindemann. I'm the director of victim assistance. Christy, did you did you work with the program prior to obviously becoming the director? I did not. Um, other than from outside agencies, my um, past has been rooted in social services. Um, prior to coming here, I ran Connect Ellen County, which is a small um, walk-in agency that helps provide services to anybody that needs assistance when it comes to social services, food, housing, things like that. Um, so I knew about victim assistance through that and then through my friends at the police department. Um, so I had a lot of people encourage me to apply for the position, and it's really just been a great fit. I have so many questions after hearing you know, <laughs> Sophia's l- little intro uh, there. First and foremost, let's just start with the basics. When was this established, this program? Yeah, so um, victim assistance started in 1981 by... Oh, um, wow. Yeah. We've been around a long time. We've been around for a while um, by a lady named Pat Smallwood, who is still around. She's fantastic. Um, She's actually been mentoring me for the last several months. Um, So she saw a need for victims who were victims of violent crime at the time. Um, that didn't have support when it came to understanding the court system, um, really being there to kind of really hold your hand when you have to testify against a perpetrator or um, understanding how to get legal protection from somebody if you're a victim. So she approached the police department and said, hey, I think this is a need and was able to start it. So That's we st- remarkable. Right. She saw this need and set out to fulfill this need. Mm-hmm. She's a real remarkable woman, and she's a champion for mm-hmm. the little guy all the time. And um, I'm friends with her, been friends with her since I came on this department. We had some training together in Ohio um, for children. 
spent a week together, got to know her really well, and just she's just a remarkable woman. So that's really mm-hmm. cool for you, Christy, kind of being able to pick up in a sense where she's left off. You have yeah. her as this mentor. I mean, what what an incredible torch to carry, really. Mm-hmm. Sophia, you mentioned it. You said it's, but this program is made up of strictly civilians? Yes. So no one from the police department is actually on this unit? No, they are not. Um, They are, and they're separate for us for a reason. Because sometimes I think victims kind of feel um, that we may be part of the system where they, the civilian person is not. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say that we don't do what we need to do, because we are the ones that actually push them towards victims' assistance, because we know how well they do in uh, getting establishing that rapport with the victim and getting them what they need. Because what we want to stop, and in particular, they work really hard at domestics. And domestics are really, really tricky because victims can recant. They will take back their statements because it's a matter of the heart a lot of the times, and we know how fickle that can be. So um, they really work hard with the victims in understanding their worth, knowing what they should and shouldn't accept in a relationship, what a healthy relationship looks like. So moving forward, I think it's really important that that is a civilian doing that and not a police officer. Number one, we don't have the resources and time to do that with people. They do. And they come from more of a social work kind of background. So they're, you know, they're maybe a little more empathetic than a police officer might be in a situation because sometimes I'm not going to lie throughout my career I've been like I've been to the same house over and over and over I'm like just leave yeah just Empathy go fatigue but that's easy for me to say mm-hmm. I'm not in that situation I'm not financially dependent on someone I'm not emotionally dependent on someone I'm not you know I don't I have a family structure that would have taken me in some people don't have those right. kinds of things so these ladies ensure that they find those resources to help them through that Mm -hmm. and hopefully stop this generational cycle of abuse. Well, Mm -hmm. and like you mentioned too, Christy, what an overwhelming process. Even if you decide, okay, I'm going to get out of this. There was abuse. Since we're just using that as an example here. Okay, now what? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, really, you don't you don't know where to go or what to do. Maybe you don't like you just said, you don't have the family structure in place to even help you take those steps forward. So that's essentially where you guys come in. How many um, Members, I'm going to say civilians, but I guess it would be members. How many members are on this unit? Yeah, so it started in 81 with just Pat herself, and we've grown to 12, including myself now. Um, We have 10 full-time victim advocates and then an administrative assistant that helps us run kind of the paperwork side of things, processing phone calls, um, providing victims with updates on court information. Um, Anytime that there is an arrest made on a case, if that person's released from jail, we notify the victim to let them know, hey, you have an hour to institute your safety plan, uh, make sure that you're safe, have a place to go, have a bag packed if they would show up at your home. Um, In really scary cases, Mm -hmm. we're able to then notify our police officers and say, hey, this person's being released. Can you do some extra sweeps around the home and make sure that the victim's safe? Um, So, yeah, it's been uh, really good for me to kind of watch my staff. I feel like they're really genuinely their heroes um, to be able to stand by people who have walked through just the craziest times of their lives. I mean, rapes and homicides and hear their stories um, day in and day out and carry that weight. You're right. Um, Unsung heroes, for sure. And still be resilient enough to read victim impact statements in court because a family member isn't able to get through that. Um, But also, I mean, our relationship with the police department is so vital and important, too, because 
Um, we are the only victim. We're one of only 11 percent of victim assistance units that are police department based in the entire country. Um, most victim assistance units are run through the prosecuting attorney's office, which any victim assistance is great. Um, the unique thing about us is that because we are part of the police department, we're involved right away. So within 24 hours of that crime occurring, we're able to pull police reports the next morning, reach out to victims ourselves and say, hey, this service is available to you. OK, so wait, let me pause you just right there, though. Mm-hmm. So, OK, an actual crime has to occur to get your involvement, right? Like someone can't just pick up the phone and say, hey, Christy, my my boyfriend beat me last night or something, right? You, there has to be an actual evidence Not of said crime committed. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I want to stop you yeah. right there. Yeah. It, so typically that is how we operate. We do pull those police reports from crimes that have been committed. We read through them every morning about, I would say on average, anywhere from 80 to 120 reports a day. Whoa. Um, we decipher um, which ones we think are in need of, a, of assistance right away. Some of them, if they're kind of like arguing, but not anything that's super violent, we allow them the space to kind of call. The officers will offer them our information. Um, so in those situations, they will call us and ask us if they can have an advocate. We do a referral. Um, If somebody calls in and says, hey, I've been in this domestic violence situation, I'm ready to leave, Um, I need an advocate, but they have not yet made a police report, we will walk them through how to make one um, so that we're able to serve them. We do have to have a police report on file um, to take them on as a victim, but we can help them figure that process out. If it's a situation where it's like just the beginning stages of domestic violence, they're not ready to file a police report, we'll still work with them to get connected to other agencies in the community that are able to support them until they're ready to leave or until they're ready to make a report or file charges. Wow. Okay. So how how do most victims, I I hate, you know, that's I guess Mm -hmm. what what we're talking about. How do most victims find you? Is it via that phone call or is it Sophia who's been on the case and says, hey, I really recommend you go to our victim assistance program? How does that connection usually occur? Yeah, it's both. Um, We have over 500 officers that work the streets of Fort Wayne every day. So those officers carry our cards um, with them. And anytime that they respond to a domestic, um, to a battery, to a bullying incident with teenagers, to um, a break-in that may occur where there's a suspect, they are giving those individuals our information and saying, hey, you probably need to get a protective order. Here's victim assistance phone number. Please reach out to them. But on the back end, we are also reviewing those reports so that we are reaching out to. A lot of times when people are in the midst of a crisis, they even if somebody gives you a phone number and says, hey, call this, the next morning, that's probably not what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about what your next steps are, whether it's I've just lost somebody or... I'm in a situation where I'm scared to leave. Mm-hmm. So we're calling and saying, hey, this service is available to you. Wow. There's a lot right there, I feel like, to to come through. Okay. So you can call or be referred, if you mm-hmm. will, via a card or, or what have you. But you, you started to list some incidents. You, you mentioned bullying, bullying uh, homicides. Mm-hmm. I guess what what incident incidents do constitute? Because that, that's a lot more than I already thought that you would be able to assist and help with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty much any any violent crime. So we are on call 24-7. We are paged out with the homicide team. So anytime that there is a suspicious death or a homicide, we come out with them and we respond for the families. Um, 
if a baby has passed, we will go to those scenes. A lot of times those are not ruled until the next morning at autopsy. So we're able to be a support to those parents who've just lost their baby. Um, We respond to some suicides um, and then all homicides. We also get calls from the Sexual Assault Treatment Center. And anytime there's a rape or a sexual assault that's occurred, we go there. We sit with the victim as they walk through um, the interview with the detective and the forensic nurse. Um, And then we provide them supportive services after charges are made or until charges are filed. And then we also get called to the Child Advocacy Center. Um, There is a team of people made up by the prosecutor's office, DCS, the Child Advocacy Center, ourselves at Victim Assistance, and then detectives at the police department um, who respond to on-call DCS call-outs where a child is involved in a severe um, physical abuse Mm. or sexual abuse. Then we go to the Child Advocacy Center, we staff it, we interview, um, well, an interviewer interviews the child. We are able to sit in another room, watch that interview, and make determinations about what we think is best for that case moving forward. But you can also provide assistance, too, like you said, though, in a case of bullying, perhaps, or Mm -hmm. a burglary of a theft. I mean, I feel like the list here is almost... Anything that you may Mm -hmm. need protection from a potential suspect. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times these these incidents go unreported to us. So Mm -hmm. they could be occurring several years. Like I'll take, for instance, stalking. You know, it starts out incrementally small as, hey, I'm looking at your Facebook page and I'm showing up to your work and now I'm showing up to your house. And incrementally it gets more dangerous and dangerous and dangerous for the victim. So... There might not always be a trail of police reports for that, but there's incidents and sometimes they may have um, stuff on their phone, photographs, photographs of the person's car and outside their home, those kinds of things. So they can work with victims assistance and they can refer those cases back to the Hmm. detective bureau to build a case Mm -hmm. if need be to stop this from happening or going further or escalating more. Um, So it's, it's kind of one of those things where (laughs) <laughs> they just do incredible work. They do and everything. It's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, with a team of 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this. For a city of almost you know 300,000 people, we have a team of 12, mm-hmm. and they're responsible for all these cases. Are they paid positions, or is this volunteer? Mm-hmm. They are. They're paid positions. Um, most of our positions are funded through the city of Fort Wayne. Um, we have a grant from the federal government that funds two of our advocates, um, but yeah, they're all paid positions um, in our staff of As 10. As they should be, because this is God's work. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it holy is. smokes. Yeah, you have to have a real heart for people yeah. um, and be able to make those connections with people. And especially when it's it's so hard as an officer, like I said, you know, you try to get this person into services or find a safety plan, but man, they go back to their abuser and they go back mm-hmm. to this person doing whatever it is they're doing to them. And like I said, matters of the heart are very, very tricky. And these, mm-hmm. these I'll say women, because they're all women, um, haven't had a guy yet, but close, but no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't mean, yeah, doesn't mean there yeah, won't be. Yeah, it doesn't mean they won't be. Uh, but, you know, these, this group of women are amazing. They do amazing work. And I'll say, too, that um, when it comes to officers, what I try to educate the community and victims on is that, Um, officers, it's not that they're not empathetic, but it's that they have a specific job to do. They're there for the defendant. They're there to be the protection. They're not there to, 
you know, hold the Either hands. Cry and, on, yeah. Right. So it's not that they don't care. They're, they care enough because they're there to protect you, but they're very focused on what their job is. Like same for, you know, homicide scenes. Sometimes people think that officers are cold. It's not that. It's that they are focused on, let's collect this evidence. Let's figure out who this is. Let's try to solve this crime for you. Whereas we are there to really be that empathetic support and say like, oh my gosh, like I can't imagine having to experience this, but we're going to walk alongside you so you don't have to do it alone. Um, figuring things out, just like how to contact funerals, how to get assistance to pay for funerals, um, wow. how to figure out what those next steps are. That's a lot when you're in the midst of like a crisis that you've never experienced before. So we're the ones that are able to say like, this is what we're going to do next. This is how you're going to get meals provided to you. This is how we're going to apply for assistance so that you don't have to worry about the financial burden. Walk me through then the process of this. Let's just say there, there was, let's just use domestic abuse as an example, because that's what you said it is primarily cases of. And there is a police report and Sophia gives your card to said victim and the victim calls you. What happens next? Like walk us through that process mm-hmm. of what that looks like. We ask them for their control number from their police report. We pull that up. We read through it. And then we ask them to tell us what happened. Um, We listen to their situation. We look at what has occurred. Um, If they have photographs, like Sophia mentioned, or um, text conversations, we ask them to screenshot those and email them to the detective bureau so that we can attach them to their case. And we walk them through a referral. So we complete... Um, a packet of paperwork from our detective bureau and the prosecutor's office um, with that victim with all the detailed information of what has occurred and what evidence they have. And then we submit that to the detective bureau for them to review. They review the case to see, do we have enough evidence to press charges where we can take this to court and it's going to be prosecuted? So you kind of do all of that before you really even, in some cases, meet this person, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so then you go from there and then pot- potentially you would you would meet this individual if need mm-hmm. be and so on and so forth. Right? Yeah, typically. Mm-hmm. So if the charges are picked up, um, even if they're not, we sometimes meet with them in person to like gather things like a lot of people, who, especially older generations, they have no idea how to screenshot and email photos. <laughs> so if that's oh, something that, they need help with, so we yeah. say, hey, come on in. We'll help you do it. We'll take care of that for you. So we meet with them to do those things. Um, if charges are picked up, we walk with them through all of that. So their pre-trial conferences, their pre-trial um, meetings with the prosecutor's office, we sit with them. Any depositions where um, a defense attorney is asking questions to prepare for court, we sit with them so that they're not alone. We help them understand prior to what's going to happen. If they have an interview with a detective, we explain what that process is going to look like. We're able to sit in the detective um, interview room with them, which is nobody else is allowed to do that. But we are able to sit with them through that process, too. I would swear you've been the director of this program (laughs) for like a decade with all of the information that you just have so readily at your fingertips. It seems like you've been doing this. Your whole Thank life. Thank you. This is I'm, why she got the job. Yeah, I'm like right? <laughs> so wildly impressed. I myself am trying to process through everything. I I kind of wanted to stop you because you're, you're saying all these things. and I'm like, wow, how mm-hmm. educated she is. Like, is there some really intense training that goes into being an advocate on this unit? 
Yeah, um, we do about 12 weeks of training before um, an advocate is able to start doing their own cases. Um, And at that point, they're still even being shadowed by another advocate. Um, We have a senior advocate in our office um, who oversees kind of the training part and answering questions when I'm not available. Um, She's fantastic. She's been there for 16 years, so she has tons of experience. Um, So she puts together a training packet. They do a lot of shadowing, watching calls, how to pull police reports, um, the things to say. And then we start taking them out with us. Um, When we hire, we look for people who I really look for people who have the personality Mm -hmm. to be able to sit down with a stranger and build report. If you can sit down with me in an interview room and be yourself and be comfortable, then you're probably somebody that's going to be pretty decent at the job. Um, We look for a background and education experience, Um, somebody who's worked in social services before or had personal experience going through a situation in their past Hmm. where they've overcome that. Um, And we just look for people who we feel like are going to be able to connect with the person. And then the rest of it is really just teaching people the process. Mm -hmm. So you started back in 1981. Pat started this whole thing. You've grown Mm -hmm. now, just just her. You've grown now to 12 people on this unit, on this Mm -hmm. team. You're talking about the hiring. Are you guys hiring? I mean, are you always looking for advocates? Because I don't know. I feel like that's not a job that a lot of people would be clamoring for. Yeah. um, We are not always hiring. We are full now. Um, We do. I would say in the year I've been there, we've hired two staff. Um, I do think that it is. It takes a very special person to be able to be resilient enough to do the job. I think that sometimes people start thinking, oh, my gosh, I want to do this and realize after a few months this is heavy and I'm not sure if I'm cut out for it. And that's that's totally okay. Um, we have about half of our team who's been there for upwards of six years to 16 years. Um, and then the other half of our team is newer, newer trained staff. Um, we are a small unit, but we do a lot of work. We see about 6,800 to 8,000 people a year um, as victims that we serve through our office. Um, you're small, so, but you're mighty. Yes. So, and it's very fast paced too. So if you're not somebody that can kind of pivot pretty quickly and be flexible, that's going to be a difficult position for you as well. Let me ask you this, because we're already up against the clock always, as, these shows, always. <laughs> as it usually happens. I mean, I think it's really imperative, obviously, that we give out the phone number. Because if, if there's someone listening right now that either A, is the victim, or B, They've got someone in their family, in their life, and they'd be like, you you need to call this number. You need to learn more mm-hmm. about this program. I mean, what's the phone number? Is there a website? I mean, how can folks get a hold of you? You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, our phone number is 260-427-1205. Um, our webpage is found on the city of Fort Wayne. So you can just type in Google Victim Assistance Fort Wayne, and it'll pop up right at the top. Um, Our information is there. We have a list of um, resources and information, available classes, um, and times that those are offered. We are open Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and we're located at 1 East Main Street at the police department. Um, At any time— So you work right out of the police department? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, anytime that a victim is in need of service, if they don't want to call, they want to see somebody, they can walk into the lobby at the police department. And on uh, after you walk in the doors on the right side, there's two phones on the wall that say victim assistance. You just pick it up 
it dials straight to our office, and then one of our advocates is able to come down and grab you from that the lobby. That is incredible. For me, it almost feels like the same people are working there <laughs> that I've worked there my whole career, yeah. but I know that's not true because there have been changes. And I think it just, as it as things change, I think they just get better. I think the unit gets better because there's more ways to tackle different things. There's technology. There's there's more positions than there were back when it first opened. So I think as this, as we move on, I think this unit will grow. And and Christy's doing a really good job. She's like I said, she's newer, but she's doing a really good job at bringing folks together. Well, that takes me to my next question, really quick too. I want to know is is there plans for the unit to grow? I think that I'm always open to that for sure. Um, I have. Um, one of my goals this year is we're going to work on rebranding um, and refreshing um, just the face of the agency. It hasn't had a refresh since 81. Um, we want to really get more involved in the community. I, I would love for people to know this is an option for me. Um, I think a lot of times in the past, it's kind of been thought like, well, you don't necessarily need victim assistance unless you need victim assistance. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to know about it. But you need to know about it so that you know it's available. I need to know about it so if a friend is going through something, I can say, hey, you need victim assistance. Um, we also want to collaborate more closely with agencies in the community. Um, we are so fortunate in Fort Wayne. We have more nonprofit social service agencies per capita than Chicago. So being able to, yeah, so being able to collaborate with those agencies to provide more resources to victims, um, having a closer tied relationship with our officers and with our prosecutor's office, um, and just really making sure that those relationships are strong and people know um, you can call at any time to ask any kind of questions. Um, I encourage people all of the time, if you don't know something and it's related to crime, Call us and ask. We will help you figure out where to go or point you in the right direction. If any of those agencies are listening right now, they're like, yeah, I want to team up. I want to partner with them. Can Mm -hmm. they also just reach right out to you? They absolutely can. Yep. They can call our office, um, ask to speak to me. I'm happy to set up time to sit down and chat um, and figure out how we can be better partners. I just want to say we we brought Christy on because this month is January Stalking Awareness Month and that is something that they can help people with. But I just want to share this statistic. It's like one in three women and one in six men will experience stalking at some point in their lifetime. So I found found that odd because I would have assumed it would be more women than men were stalked, but it's more men than women. No kidding. Well, so. women can be kind of crazy sometimes. <laughs> let's be honest. Well, Christy, truly, I meant what I said for all of y'all, your whole, your whole team. I mean, you guys are doing God's work. It's amazing. I myself can't even believe that I didn't know that this program, I mean, we've been doing Unholstered now for about two and a half years. I've lived in Fort Wayne for well over a decade. And to be honest, I'd never heard of this program. Yeah, so hopefully this helps with your mission this year of kind of creating some brand awareness and getting the name out there. Um, one more time, Christy, the phone number. Thank you truly for all of the work that you guys do. As always, if you have missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, you can download us anywhere you download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Unholstered. Podcasts by Federated Media.